There are many wonderful things in this world. Too many to list. But if you tried, you may mention things like the beauty of a newborn child, the warm and fuzzies of a new relationship, or perhaps the technological and medical uh, feats that man has accomplished. Or you may mention the beauty of art that can take your breath away. The right architecture can make you feel as though you've transported into another world. And you can also find contentment and peace when you are out in nature, whether it's looking at the grandeur of the mountains or the calm of a a walk through a wooded trail. It is true, there are many wonderful things in this world. The disciples of Jesus also experienced awe in this world in the time in which they lived. In our gospel, they actually expressed, they actually expressed their ad- admiration for the awe-inspiring beauty of the temple made by King Herod. We read, as Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said, Look, teacher. What wonderful stones, what wonderful buildings. The buildings that moved them were the temple of God that King Herod had rebuilt and its surrounding structures on the temple mound. The stones that the disciples mentioned were actually huge stone blocks, some of them measuring 37 feet long. 18 feet wide and 12 feet high, if you can imagine. And they were decorated and inlaid with gold. It would have been a sight to see. This temple was one of the most impressive man-made structures in the ancient world. And the disciples, they felt blessed to to see this magnificent structure. I'm sure the very sight of the beauty they encountered made them forget their troubles and the ugliness that can also be seen in our world. I'm sure that those beautiful buildings made them forget for a moment. When you experience troubles, where are some of the places that you look to for distraction, for peace, for beauty, and wonder? Do you turn to technology for distraction to calm your anxiety? Do you take a walk outside to have a sense of peace? Where do you turn? Some of the places that we turn to are good, they're healthy, and indeed are actually gifts from the Lord. And some of the places we turn are not. But no matter where we turn in this world, it should be known that those shelters will not stand. For all that can be found in this world, it is perishing, just like we are. As the disciples stood in awe and wonder over the beauty and majesty of their surroundings, Jesus said to them, You see these great buildings? There will not be one left here. There will not be here left one stone upon another that will not be thrown down.
And in 70 AD, Jesus' prophecy came to fruition. As a result of the first Jewish-Roman war, the temple was destroyed by Titus, the army commander and the son of the Roman emperor Vespasian. Sorry, (laughs) pronunciation. What the disciples were in awe of, where they found that peace, it did not last. Even the temple whose purpose ended with the death of Jesus, became one more example that in this world, there is nothing in nature, there is nothing built by human hands, nothing that lasts forever. There is no solid rock to stand on. What Jesus said troubled his disciples. In a couple of days, before Jesus would himself be the final offering for sin. He was on the Mount of Olives, and it's interesting. He was on the Mount of Olives looking down on the temple and next to it looking down on the place where he would die for the sin of the world. And as Jesus looked on, no doubt praying to God the Father, Peter and James and John and Andrew, they came up to him and they asked him privately, tell us, when will these things, those things that you are speaking of down at the temple, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? The disciples believed what Jesus said about the destruction of the temple and they wanted to know more. But Jesus instead gave an answer that points all people to the end of the falling world. More more than that, he pointed them to true hope, true beauty, true peace and wonder that cannot be shaken, though all the world crumbles around it. Jesus answered the disciples, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. Let's stop right there. You know, there's the obvious uh, talk of people saying that they're Jesus, and they seem to lead few astray, don't they? You think of David uh, Koresh, I'm dating myself, uh, several several years, years ago in Texas, You think of uh, small cult leaders saying that they're the Savior, they're the Christ. But really, that just leads few astray, doesn't it? But many will come in Jesus' name, the name of the one true God. And I started thinking, well, what are some of the names besides Yahweh and Jesus that God addresses himself in the Bible as? A few of these names, listen to these names that the Bible gives us for God. Bread of life, living water, shepherd, husband, leader, loving kindness, shield, stronghold, avenger, comforter, friend, hope, the way, the truth, the life, our peace, 
and position. Again, these are just a few of his names. Why am I bringing this up? Well, sometimes people don't come in the name of Jesus particularly, but they come offering temporal versions of what Jesus gives us to everlasting life. A false teacher may lead you away by offering you the fulfillment of all of your bodily needs. They may promise the shelter of a shepherd, a husband, a leader. They may give you feelings of love and promise to shield you from all harm. They may offer revenge of your enemies or comfort and deliverance in the storm. They may offer you a fulfilled life while at the same time taking the life of Christ away from you. The point is, there are many things and people that offer shelter and peace, but they and the things they offer will not last. For example, I want you to listen to just, these are just a few advertising slogans offering what only God can give. I have a couple for the iPhone. Uh, for, for, for Apple iPhone. It says, it says, you are more powerful than you think. Or this slogan from Apple. There's an app for that. That's the iPhone solving life's dilemmas one app at a time. Or the vaporizer uh, jewel. Built to satisfy. Or L'Oreal makeup. Because you are worth it. Or Samsung Galaxy. Live in a world of infinite possibilities. The list goes on and on. You can find them all over the place. But truly, only Jesus satisfies. Jesus died for us when we were worthless enemies of God. And there is nothing infinite in this world except Jesus who comes into the world to save it. And this world of possibilities, it all has their end in the result of the curse. Only Jesus is the gate to the infinite world of heaven. But there's all kinds of promises that the world offers. But in the end, they do not offer solutions that last. Now, it's not wrong to use the products listed above. We all use them. I'm using one right now. But it is wrong to turn to them as a replacement for the one true God and to be led astray by their promises. I was thinking this morning... How much easier it is for me to spend, you know, you get your weekly reports of how much you've used your mobile device. It's so easy to use that for several hours a week. And I was thinking how often, how hard it is to spend several hours a week in God's word. Jesus continues, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. 
Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginnings of the birth pains. I'm sure the disciples thought of these words when in their own lives it seemed like everything was collapsing. In fact, a couple days after Jesus would speak these words to them, they would see him hanging on a cross, crucified, as the earth shook and as the curtain in the temple was torn. The disciples would be in fear of their lives by the end of the week. But thanks be to God, on the first day of the week, their hope was renewed as the one who was slain spoke peace to each of them and revealed himself to them in the breaking of the bread and in the word of God. Later in their lives, going forward in the promise of the resurrection, they would see great expansion of the church through the means of grace that they brought to a dying world. The death of Jesus, it was actually the beginning of everything new. Jesus applied that new life to you at the day of your baptism. If you have not been baptized yet, Jesus is calling you to that promise. It is a promise that is lasting and sure. Jesus told his disciples, but be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my name's sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you, not if they bring you, when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand about what you're to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. It's not you who speaks, it is the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus lets his disciples know that things in this world are not only not satisfying, things in this world will get bad. But they were to endure because God so loves the world. Just as the world rose up to kill its Savior, so would it rise up to kill his disciples who carry the word of God that reveals the Savior to the world. Each of his disciples would die, or in one case be exiled, for they would be killed for their testimony that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God, who has come into the world to save sinners. And the world can't stand it because it denies its sin. And the message of a Savior is actually an offense. 
And so it lashes out and it seeks to silence the word and the Savior that it reveals. And there will come a time when all the church, possibly you and me, will suffer as some of her members suffer even now. There shall be a time of trouble such as never has been. But at that time, God's people will be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Now as the disciples and the martyrs before us suffered, so will the church today suffer. As the time draws near, it is going to happen. Yet the church, the bride and body of Jesus Christ, stands firm. With, stands firm with the words of eternal life, with a Savior that cannot perish. She remains standing with her water basin and her table prepared with food from heaven to offer hope for all who see the fleeting nature of the beauty in this world. The question remains, how will we endure when things get bad? How can we keep from falling away? We can't. All we can do is stay close to the voice of our Good Shepherd. Eat at the table that He prepares for us in the presence of our enemies. And live our lives in the blessings of the baptism that He washed us with, making us His own. As the church prepared for a time of persecution, the writer of our epistle lesson wrote this. He wrote, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened to us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up each other to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Keep in church. As not, we don't want to neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. When the storms come, when the wars rage, when people disparage you because of your confession of Jesus and the sin that he came to save us from, when you suffer and even when you find yourself in periods of peace, approach the throne of grace, join the communion of saints, and stay close to the one who endures forever. For he will see you through the to the completion of your new birth, along with all the others whom he has purchased and redeemed. 
All other things, everything else in this world will fall. Even the walls of the temple in Jerusalem fell, and even the mountains shall crumble to the sea. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And by his grace and by his call, we stand, we abide in the presence, care, and love of our eternal Savior. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.